Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. This show is brought to you by Red Rabbit Insurance. As a real estate investor, I love working with companies and people who truly understand investing. If you're a real estate investor, I highly suggest talking to Ryan at Red Rabbit Insurance. Red Rabbit specializes in working with investors of all sizes, both for their personal residence, auto, and investment properties. Red Rabbit recently saved one of our investors $5,000 a year by switching to the exact same coverage. That's a down payment on a new rental. I personally saved 15% by switching to Red Rabbit, which is pretty significant. And Red Rabbit Insurance makes it super easy to get a quote. All you need is the address, your full name, and your date of birth. No annoying questionnaires to fill out, and Red Rabbit gets you a quote in less than a day. Email ryan at redrabbitinsurance.com or go to the website redrabbitinsurance.com or call 1-800-560-3015. That's redrabbitinsurance.com. Call today to save some money and get better insurance rates for your investments. All right, what is up, guys? This is Chad coming at you with another Real Estate Hackers podcast, a little different one today, you know, with the COVID changing people's lives and uh, creating just a ton of change in the real estate industry. Decided to do one a little different today. I'm actually just going to not have a guest. It's the first time I've ever actually done this, I think. I want to actually talk through uh, some things that we're seeing in real estate. You know, we, we have an interesting perspective. We have a property management company, Slate House, that manages 4,000 units across four states. So we see a lot of different stuff there. We're also investors, and I'll talk through some different things we're seeing on the investing side. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I, just, I have actually five uh, takeaways from, you know, really the last couple of months of things that either we're doing or thinking about. Uh, I hope this is helpful. Maybe I'll do it again if it is. You'll have to give me some feedback of if this is helpful or not. Um, but yeah, we're just going to kind of jump right into it. So, uh, and yes, I am, I am pumped. Before I get started, huge shout out to uh, Devin, one of our property managers. I didn't even realize this, but it sounds like I use the word super pumped to describe uh, podcasts and guests. I didn't even realize it. I do it, but uh, I got a, a, a beautiful mug uh, real estate hackers mug that says I am super pumped on the back, and so yes, I am super pumped, pumped for an awesome gift from Devin. Thank you, and uh, and pumped to kind of just talk through some stuff here. That hopefully this is helpful uh, to people who um, may want to know what we're seeing. So let's get into it. Um, so first is uh, we actually acquired a property. I we have not bought a property in about two years. Uh, not really intentional, just. Uh, didn't see anything that we found kind of to our liking, I guess. And so uh, this deal came to us. It's actually one of our owners wanted to sell the property kind of in a hurry. And, uh, you know, nothing bad going on in their life. They just, uh, their business was kind of changing. And what they wanted was a cash infusion into their business to allow them to go in a different direction and, and go after some other different assets. And so they gave us a price that they were interested in selling it for. And we were excited to buy it at that price. So, 
uh, I think we ended up paying about $95,000 for it. It's a single family home in Lancaster. I would call it like a classic B-class property. And, you know, some of you have maybe heard me recently saying that uh, when, when new investors come to me all the time and say, you know, how should I get into investing? What should I be looking for? I'm really quick to point out B-class investments, single family homes are a great place to invest. Uh, low stress, you know, tenants paying for their utilities. So it takes utilities out of the mix. Uh, and, and tenants usually stay a little bit longer, you know, decent kind of investing class, the B-class um, property. So that's, that's why we we're kind of intrigued to buy this. Uh, you know, I call this a single, right? You know, so there's a lot of people who want to go hit home runs and buy 50-unit apartment complexes. And that's great. And I'm not trying to necessarily knock that. Uh, I think that's a great way to build wealth. But uh, I, I just uh, I think that more people should consider, you know, every year buy, buy one single-family home in a B-class neighborhood, and it can change your life. Uh, and so, you know, don't think you necessarily have to make real estate tougher than it has to be. So that's what this was. We used the Burr strategy, so we actually paid cash for it. And we did about $10,000 in rehabs. It had this, like, really dingy carpet that we pulled up and underneath it was this beautiful hardwood floor. So we actually pulled up the carpet and refinished the hardwood floor. We also turned out, it was a, uh, the, uh, the furnace needed to be replaced. So we replaced the furnace with a high efficiency furnace. We've been doing that more and more, putting these high efficiency furnaces in uh, and getting a rebate from the um, gas company when we do it. So it was a gas, gas furnace. Um, I think it costs like, Six grand, but I want to say we got about a $2,000 rebate, something like that uh, with, with insulation and everything. So, so yes, yeah, so all in, uh, put, put some new windows in, all in about a $10,000 rehab. Uh, we think it's worth about 120 k give or take, maybe one fifteen with with all these rehabs done. So um, we got it rented for $1,200. Uh, we are seeing, uh, and I'm going to talk about this later, we are seeing units rent in general very quick. Uh, that's not, obviously, you know, there's no... It's not every unit that rents fast. Um, different things obviously are at play in, in the greater marketplace, but overall there is a housing shortage uh, that we will we will we will get to. But so it rented for twelve hundred. Just kind of run through the numbers because I think uh, sometimes it's helpful to do that. Um, you know, for maybe someone to kind of understand why we like it as an investment. So the mortgage on this, let's say we end up pulling out eighty percent, and just to make the, the math easy, I'm going to say the mortgage. I'm going to say we get a um, a loan for hundred k. It'll probably be a little bit less. But um, at these interest rates, I, you know, I have to imagine we're, we're at the 3.8 range or so. Uh, we are going to um, do it in our own name, which is something that I think is really important to kind of highlight. Uh, so we bought this in our own name as opposed to an LLC. Why did we do that with interest rates where they are dropping down again uh, to lock in a 30-year loan in your own name just makes so much sense. We highly recommend getting getting good insurance coverage over top of that uh, to kind of give yourself some protection. But the amount of money you're going to save just it makes, a ton, t- makes a ton of sense to buy it in your own name. So, uh, so let's just assume a $470 mortgage. Taxes, about 200 bucks a month. Property insurance. This is crazy. Uh, we got uh, property insurance from our, our friends at Red Rabbit Insurance. $20 a month for property insurance. And it's, it's good coverage. Un- Unbelievable that you can get property insurance for $20 a month. Um, just fascinating. So if you've not called Ryan yet at Red Rabbit Insurance, you should. Ryan at Red Rabbit Insurance is his email. 
20 bucks a month, unbelievable. So property management fee, you know, let's assume it's about 75 bucks a month. Uh, we'll have Slate House manage it. Maintenance, I'm going to assume 150 a month or give or take, call it probably two grand a year, maybe a little bit, you know, or so. But again, we're, we're doing some of those rehabs up front, so it should decrease. You know, you just put a new furnace in, you fix, you got hardwood floors as opposed to carpet. So you should have uh, pretty low ongoing maintenance. No utilities because the tenant will pay for their own utilities, as I kind of talked about up front. And then, you know, let's assume a $50 vacancy number. So, you know, all in, you kind of sum all that stuff up and you're looking at roughly a cash flow of about $200 a month for a, a, a property that, that we think should appreciate, man, I, I like those kinds of investments. So, um, and then the other thing I just want to call out about an investment like this that, that we're really intrigued by is using accelerated depreciation. Um, I'm going to talk more and more. I spent a lot of time the last three months um, talking to accountants and really just increasing my tax knowledge, uh, something that um, I, think, I think investors should do. Uh, everyone says, you know, have a good accountant. Yeah, I think having a good accountant is obviously good, but I, I do not think as a real estate investor, it is okay to not understand key accounting rules. And one of those I would, I would call to be very key is accelerated depreciation. So why am I calling this out right now? For this property, you know, all those, those repairs that we did up front, uh, we will be able to essentially immediately write those off in year one. Uh, so what that means is, uh, this property, you know, it'll cash flow a little, you know, through 2020, we'll, we'll hopefully in the, the back four months, make a little bit of money back five months, make some money. But, um, overall this, this property will, will, will be at a loss for the year. Um, but what's more interesting is all those rehab, uh, costs, uh, we'll be able to write off, um, this year and use that to offset other positive gains from our other rental properties. So, uh, really, really useful tactic there of using accelerated depreciation. And for the burst strategy, it just makes so much sense, right? And so that's, that's why, you know, people talk about the burst strategy a lot as a way to buy a property with no money down. And that is one advantage. But people do not talk enough about the other benefits. And so a couple other benefits. One are you're able to make some of those maintenance repairs, which are going to decrease your maintenance costs long term, right? You've already got any furnace in there now. And then the, the other is just the, the accounting benefits, right? So um, in this case, if we bought a already fixed up property and put the normal percent down, we would not be able to write off as much in year one as we'll be able to. So um, accelerated depreciation and, and bonus depreciation are topics we want to uh, talk more about on this podcast uh, because um, some of these coming from the latest uh, tax rules where you can actually make, make really, really nice uh, write-offs in year one to kind of save you on the tax side. So, okay. Yeah, so that's my first one. I want to talk to you about just a, a very basic single-family home that we bought. I wanted to highlight that up front because I think every person in, the, in uh, listening to this could, could replicate what we did there. It wasn't anything crazy. And, and I think, uh, you know, it's a good deal. Maybe it's probably a great deal. Um, but even if it's just a good deal, I think those are the kind of deals that it would, we want people to do. All right. Number two. So I'm um, moving, uh, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so we've, we've lived in uh, the same house for the last nine years. And the process of moving, it's, it's been nice. We're going to move, um, gosh, like maybe three miles away from our headquarters of Slate House. So that's nice. I uh, got a really cool property. 
But um, what I wanted to say was we're gonna, we've decided to rent out our uh, primary residence. And I kind of wanted to just talk through the why we are renting it out. And, you know, every property has different things and different markets. And so it's never an easy decision. But when, when you go to sell a house up front, you're looking at basically immediately paying uh, about 10% in transfer tax, in agent fees. And that doesn't even take into account the rehab cost to get it in sellable condition, right? So oftentimes to get it in sellable condition is going to be, usually it's going to be more rehab costs than just to rent it out. You know, you're going to go through inspection and, and all this stuff. And so, you know, if you look at refinancing a property instead, and you look at how most lenders are willing to lend 80% loan to value with a 3% interest rate, I say, man, when I just compare those two and I say, I could either, I could either refi it and get 80% loan to value, or I could sell it and I'm only selling it, I'm only getting maybe 10% more than what that refi would be. Plus, I have to pay tax on the sale of my property. Um, and when you go the refi route, you don't have to pay tax. And then obviously, by keeping the property, you own the property. And so you can keep it long term. So I just think that when people are considering moving, there should be more consideration in, in, in uh, renting out your property instead of selling it. Uh, and, and that's what we're doing now. You know, obviously, there's uh, tons of reasons to sell. One reason is, you know, I, t- I was talking to one of my friends and he was talking about wanting to sell one of his properties. And, and the simple answer was he, he just doesn't enjoy being a landlord. He doesn't have the systems in place. He doesn't like it. Look, uh, you should be happy in life, <laughs> right? So if owning a rental property adds stress to your life, significant stress, then, then, then you know, maybe it's not for you. But uh, I just think it makes a ton of sense uh, to, to rent things out. And that's what we did here. Um, and again, I, I think anyone can do what we're doing. We're not anything crazy. Um, it rented pretty fast. Let's, let's, I, I, I want to kind of get into my third bullet, which is, um, oh man, this, I'm really excited about this. I'm, I, I'll, I'll even say I'm pumped, super pumped for this topic. Number of bedrooms matters. It matters a lot. Uh, and, and uh, I mean, you know, maybe that's nothing new, but I find that in real estate, a lot of real estate agents want to talk about square footage. And yes, I think square footage matters a little bit. But I, I think that the, the future of how homes will be constructed is basically going to be this very open living space. Uh, so think everything from your kitchen to your living room to dining area. We think all that kind of just opens up. So rather than that being three, four, five different rooms, formal living room, formal dining room, formal kitchen broken off, we see that being really just open space. Um, at least that's our preference, but I, I see that's where the world's going. But then I also see the need for lots of small rooms. And, and I want to give just a, a, a really interesting story here. So we listed our, our property here for rent, um, the residence that we were living in. And it was listed for a couple of weeks with no inquiries. And we had it listed as a three bedroom. And we have this uh, room on the on the third floor that is kind of an open space, and it's totally a bedroom if you want it to be. Um, it, we would have to actually add just a very 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 small uh, wall to kind of close it in. But it, it, it's a bedroom, and so we changed it from three bedrooms to four. 
same, same property, no difference. And immediately within a week, we had four people, or four or five people come visit it and two uh, basically, you know, apply essentially. Um, and it looks like one of them we're going to accept the application for. But here's what's just, just, just so fascinating is um, the, the folks who are going to actually accept their application, you'd think, oh, well, they must have, you know, maybe it's a family who has three kids or something. No, it's just a couple. And so, so you kind of think like, well, why would a couple want extra bedrooms? Well, so it turns out that these guys uh, do a lot of working from home. And, and what's fascinating about this is, and obviously this is a, a bit of a sign of the times, but I'm not sure this totally goes away. One of the, the two folks in the couple, the couple he said, uh, you know, he said, I, I didn't used to work from home. I, I used to work in DC. I was a, a, a contractor doing consulting, consulting contracting work um, for the government. And, um, you know, with everything going on, it, it moved remote. But, it, but he said, you know, where things are going now is uh, the ability to, for folks to be able to work remote. And uh, I just thought that was so fascinating is, you know, that's where those extra bedrooms, but besides being really helpful for more tenants to, to maybe more people to, to obviously be able to sleep, it also acts as a really nice office. Um, and so I, I, think, I think that theme is going to stay is this need for a lot of small rooms and, kind of, and everything else just being an open space. We've seen it over and over. I bought an investment property, like uh, a 15-unit building, and we, we actually took some of the one-bedrooms and just added some drywall to make them two bedrooms and immediately increased around 150 bucks by, by doing nothing more than just adding an extra bedroom. Uh, and so you still had this kind of like main area that was wide open, kitchen, kind of living area, dining area. But then instead of kind of having one big bedroom, you now have two small bedrooms. I think that's a theme that's here to stay is there's not this need for a huge bedroom. People spend you know, most of their day out and about in the living space, uh, but a need for a, a, a larger number of small rooms and small office spaces. So I, I don't know. I hope this is helpful to you guys as you're thinking about real estate, about ways to increase rent in your properties. Is there a way to kind of add an extra bedroom to a property? Uh, I was talking to one of my best friends and uh, he's going to be thinking about kind of renting out his place. And right now it's a two bedroom house. And I, I, to me, it's a four bedroom house with two walls added. And uh, I, I can guarantee you that house rents faster and for more money when listed as four bedroom is in a two. So uh, just want to kind of think about uh, obviously COVID is accelerating that as now people are working from home. And when you're working from home, it, golly, it sure helps to work from, uh, from an office. So uh, I think that's uh, something to just think about as you're thinking about either, you know, designing properties, flipping properties, as you're thinking about acquiring properties, just that how valuable extra bedroom is. Next, I want to talk to you a good segue into our co-working office. So it's interesting. When this whole COVID thing started, uh, obviously, the, the idea of co-working sounded scary, <laughs> right? The nature of co-working is kind of being out and about, being next to people. And I thought, man, what is going to happen to the office market? Uh, is nobody going to want an office anymore? Nobody's going to want to um, you know, lease up an office? Uh, and, and will co-working be dead? Here's what we're seeing. What we're seeing is not shocking. We're not seeing a lot of interest from the kind of like member. Um, for what it's worth, the members who are, who are members of the office are all pretty well still members. So actually, we haven't really seen much of a decline, maybe one or two people. Um, but what's more intriguing is uh, just in the last 
week or two. Now, for a couple of months there, things were kind of quiet, obviously, uh, you know, when everyone's kind of had to be home. But in the last week or two, we've had two different people, uh, one person who was a member who's looking to now move up to an office, and the other is just a new uh, person who wanted to run out a small office. And uh, what both of those were saying was, look, yes, working from home is great, but there's still the need to, when making an important phone call, when having an important meeting, when meeting with the team, there's still a need to have access to an office space and hugely valuable to have access to a small office. So not looking for that necessarily that huge office, right? And, and we'll see where this goes, but uh, something tells me that the, the demand for large office spaces will probably decrease uh, as, as companies are more flexible with more people working from home often. Yet I think there's going to be a lot of demand for small offices where someone can come in and still use an office space. So that's what we're seeing. Uh, I also just want to call out, a lot of people are talking about how you know, um, COVID is going to have a negative impact on, on commercial uh, off, you know, office type uh, locations. I think it's going to have a very negative impact on two things. One is big offices. I think you're going to, not going to see a lot of people renting out big offices. The other thing is, I think obviously a very negative impact on retail. But I think it's important to isolate those two classes as being very separate from these small office space. And so if anyone's interested in co-working and, and kind of our stance on this, we do operate four different co-working locations. We call them the hive. Um, you know, or if, even if you just own some basic small commercial space, we, uh, the idea of kind of chopping them up and making them bite-sized to rent, at least so far, early days here, but that's what we're seeing. Okay, um, last topic I want to talk through today, and again, hopefully this is helpful, kind of a different podcast theme here. Usually I interview someone, um, but there's a bunch of things I've been thinking about, and I just thought, man, let's just, you know, let's just do it. Let's just get through them. Uh, the last topic I want to talk about is a topic that you're, you're going to hear a lot from me in the future. There is a major housing shortage right now in the United States. Um, I don't know how long it's going to last, but it is, it's dramatic. Uh, and so I want to just throw a couple stats at you to kind of think through. In January, as a company, we were marketing two, 200 units. 200 units we were, we were actively marketing for rent. Uh, but not, not too shocking, right? We managed 4,000, about 5%. And, and when we bring on new units, oftentimes they're vacant. So it's, it's a little bit higher anyway. We right now are down to about 100. So about a 50% cut in units that we're marketing just in the last five months. It's a staggering stat. Uh, and so I just don't think we're that different. Uh, I don't have data on the whole economy. I know nobody's talking about it. What's driving it? A couple things. No evictions impacts things in a couple different ways. But one of the things that no evictions does is sometimes units are kind of in limbo. So maybe someone was living there. Maybe they've actually moved out. They've stopped paying rent, but they haven't given us their keys and they're still, their stuff is still in the, in the unit. Well, if that's the case, if their stuff is there and we can't definitively prove they're not living there, which is quite often, we can't turn the unit. And so there's a lot of units that are kind of sitting in this no man's land until you can, if the, if the tenant hasn't given you their keys, you know, until you can actually go and get a lockout from a judge, 
So you have all you know, that, that's number one. You have a bunch of units that, ha- that haven't been evicted. They're kind of sitting in like no man's land. Maybe no one's even living there anymore. Two is you're not seeing new construction, so you're not seeing new units coming on like normal. That's both houses being flipped, you know, tax sales where things are sitting vacant, and uh, and also just new construction, right? Where you know people are just building new houses. Yet you still have this kind of growing need for housing. I mean, if you look at what just happened, right? Uh, you just had a whole bunch of kids graduate high school and college who don't want to live with mom and dad and now have a need for housing. And so the need for housing is 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 really no different, maybe even greater than ever, because um, more and more folks want to live by themselves, to, you know, for health reasons. And again, on the flip side, you have not as many units coming on for the various reasons I talked about. So uh, what does that mean for you as an investor? If you kind of believe in that housing shortage philosophy, uh, what it means is now is a great time to get units rentable, <laughs> right? Get them rented. We are seeing units in general get rented faster than ever. I, I say in general because I, I can, I, you know, on top of my head, I can think of a couple instances where certain specific places are, are not maybe renting. But as a general rule, things are renting faster than ever. We are using digital lockboxes to rent them. It's been a huge win for our company. We've invested in them for years now. Um, I think a lot of people haven't been doing showings, maybe, um, due to what's going on. So that's another reason why there's more units out there. But if you have a unit uh, that you've been maybe thinking about renting out, or uh, maybe it's maybe it just needs to be rehabbed, and you've been waiting to do it, now's the time. Now is absolutely the time. Uh, we are we are kind of imploring our owners to you know if there's a unit that's maybe not rentable, get it fixed up now and let's get it rented because uh, now's a really good time. Really, really, really strong rental demand, which is which is a bit surprising, I think. And I would say, you know, that's not just rental demand. I actually think there's strong buy demand too. Um, in general, I, you know, I think in most places, at least that we manage in the Mid-Atlantic, uh, we are hearing that um, on the buy side, you know, things are, are, are selling quick. Uh, obviously, interest rates are one of the drivers there. So those are just some thoughts I had. I, I hope this is, this is helpful to you guys. Uh, just some things that we're seeing in the marketplace. Maybe, I don't know. Let me know. Let me know if this is helpful. If it is, if I get good feedback from this, maybe we'll do it again in the future. But these are some things that have been kind of gnawing at me. And then just kind of a programming note I want to call out. So we, uh, we you know, over COVID, we, we missed a couple of weeks. Uh, it's, it's, it has been, you know, I think for everybody a little crazy, a lot of stuff going on. But we're, we're kind of back in the saddle again of getting uh, episodes and putting together quality programming. We, uh, we will probably be talking to more and more uh, landlords, property management uh, owners, folks like that who are doing really cool stuff. And so you all can keep, and investors, and so you can all can keep uh, hearing what the most innovative people in real estate are doing. I know for sure we're going to do an episode on multi-units and how you can sub-meter the water. So look for that to come. Uh, we're going to interview some CEOs who manage uh, large prime management companies, talk through some of the things they're seeing. So I'm pumped. Got, got some really good good episodes coming up for you. And uh, yeah, hope, uh, hope this is helpful. And the last thing I'll say is, if you haven't checked out, we do have a YouTube channel now, a Real Estate Hackers YouTube channel. And we have posted some of our, about every other week, we host a uh, virtual online, uh, what we call virtual meetup. And uh, they're fun. We get people from all over the country who, who can call in 
And uh, so if you're interested in kind of consuming that content, uh, we have those in the uh, YouTube channel. All right, that's it for today. Uh, hope everyone's doing well, staying safe. Uh, it has been a crazy 2020, but uh, man, I'll tell you, I truly believe 2020 will be a separating differential year. Folks will take major leaps forward and other folks will either take steps back or, or go nowhere. And I hope you can have the self-discipline. That, that's my theme for this year, self-discipline to... Um, stay motivated, just stay focused, despite all, there's all sorts of excuses and reasons, kids running around, can't get work done, this and that, um, you know, stay motivated because I think in, a, in, a, in the future, people will look back at 2020 and say it was a, it was a, it was a, a game changing year for many investors. I hope you can take advantage of that and, uh, just stay, try to stay focused, stay safe. All right. Take care. Thanks for joining us. And we will uh, talk to you soon on another Real Estate Hackers uh, show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us today. I have one more request. If you like this show, could you just please give us a review on Apple Podcasts? I'd really, really appreciate it so more investors can hear about us. Follow us at Real Estate Hackers on Instagram if you're cool like my wife. And if you have a great real estate hack, hit me up. Maybe we'll get you on this show. Real Estate Hackers is an on-air brands production. Eric and team are unbelievable. Thanks for all you do for the show. See you soon.